swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We are your hosts today, TJ and Raj. Hey there. We are Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. You can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You can join the Fantasy Hockey Discord. You can get on on mock drafts like this every week. And if you want to get on real leagues, we got listener leagues going on attached to our Patreon at $2 a month. We're taking any money we would have made, donating it to Mental Health America. So if you want to play in a league with us, support a good cause at the same time. But more importantly, try and shut us up and beat us. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Discord. Whatever you want to do. We got a mock draft episode for you guys. And it is going to be the first of its kind because Raj and I have 10-minute timers that we're not going to use. We're not going to use all 10 minutes. But everybody else is on auto. And we do have real live bodies in here. It's not just a uh, three-person mock draft or something like that. You know, I know a lot of the outlets like to do that. But we're not. Okay, we're, we're filling it with real fucking people, people that know what they're talking about. And we have this 10 minute timer so that we can talk strategy and we're not going to try and jam it into a one minute pick timer or things like that and try and like juggle picks that are happening along the way. 10 minutes is ample time to talk strategy, to talk to picks that have happened already, to talk which direction we're thinking of going, what positions we're thinking about targeting. Today's a points league. We got a categories league coming up tomorrow. So you're going to have two mock draft episodes in your feed coming up pretty quick. Let's go over the scoring and the rosters. How are you feeling, Raj, by the way? How are you? Pretty good, man. Just, pretty I took over the, the whole bit of that first bit. So that's all right. I'm looking at about 16 different windows. So I'm I'm good. I'm, I feel at home. Live on <laughs> live on YouTube, too. So we're doing this one. Exactly. Right there on YouTube, we got this pretty interface going on, overlay, all the colors. Man, whipped that up quick, didn't we? It's beautiful. Uh, Raj and I took the three position and the 10 position so that while we're talking, while we're talking shop, everybody else can juggle their auto cues. Grizz got up at four in the morning. He's like in Switzerland or some shit. So Alonzi, buddy, I'm really happy about that. Thank you for... Waking up and bugging your girlfriend. I'm sure she's stoked. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's do the scoring. Let's do the rosters here. We are doing two center, two left wing, two right wing, four defensemen, two skaters, two goalies, two bench. Our scoring goals, three points, assists, two points, blocks, and hits are 0.1. Shots on goal are 0.15. You get an extra point for a shorthanded point and another point on top for a shorthanded goal. Uh, For goalies, goal against is... Minus one, saves are 0.2, so five saves to negate a goal against. Pretty goalie-friendly league here. Shutouts are an extra two, and wins are four. You are picking at number 10. I'm picking at number three. What are you thinking from the top, and what kind of strategy are you bringing into this draft? I think any type of draft, pretty much any format whatsoever, you have to take McDavid number one. I think you'd be silly not to. There are other options, but I think you just have to go with him. I'm always a big fan of Dreisaitl second, actually. I love the dual eligible. And McKinnon Matthews, like I think those are the big four this year. Pretty much any kind of draft, maybe Kucherov up there. In terms of like my own strategy for this draft, I'm not 
I hate sticking a hard to a strategy. I think um, I think that is my strategy usually is just to be flexible. But I, I'm not going to say zero G, but I'm going to definitely say like like I'm fading goalies. I generally fade goalies really hard. I'm with you. I'm like half zero G. Like I fade goalies, but I'm I, I still want at least one before round ten. And I think with with more wide acceptance of zero G. Goalies are slowly going to fall later. But just like you, man, like adaptability is one of the biggest parts of the draft. You can't really go into it with rankings. You can't, you know, being a ranking slave is is hard. You can't do it. You can't follow fan tracks that we're using. You can't follow theirs. You have to be able to fill positional need, adapt, value over replacement, take all these things into account. Uh, we are five minutes away, five minutes away till that brutal fan tracks horn. 401. Four minutes? 401. Yeah, here we go. Four minutes. Oh, okay. I got to reconnect then. Yeah, you better reconnect. Yeah. Okay. 401. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that. When it comes to things like plus minus, if, if that's what your league likes, then do that. And half of the fun is just talking shit about different things that you don't like, right? None of it's super serious. There's no rules. Whatever makes it fun for your your crew, right? That's the most important thing to keep in mind with all this. Uh, any type of fantasy league is if it starts getting not fun, then you're kind of missing the, the whole point. And that's, I think, another important piece is everybody wants to draft a team that's going to win, but it's important to draft a team that you like too. So you take those random gut swings, you know, that you just, you have a feeling about a guy, go for it, you know? I'm not, I'm not gambling in the first round. I'm not gambling in the top five. Like I like to get my tried and true guys, but you know, if a guy's a fifth round pick and I'm reaching for him in the fourth, just cause I like him and I'm going to have more fun throughout the, the year, I, I might take that swing. There are guys that I just straight up won't draft and I'm sure they'll come up, <laughs> you know, throughout the draft here. I'm at number three. I love this draft position because, okay. McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon. Those are your top three guys. You know, McDavid's going to go number one, but the only way you get McDavid number one is if you draft number one. So you have to wait 24 picks on the way to and from. Uh, Number three, I get, you know, a player that's kind of in that tier and I have the shortest wait. And you at number 10, I mean, you got guys like Pasternak, Marshand, Kachuk, Barkov, Panarin. We are in a points league. I'm curious what you think about Kachuk here. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't take Kachuk at ten in this league. In a Cats league, definitely, I'd take him higher than that. I'm not ranking guys in the same order as as what Fantrax has here. Uh, I like Pasternak higher than nine for sure. I like him better than Marchand. I like him better than Rantanen. I think still pretending goalies don't exist. Um, <laughs> we got one minute left. Nate brings up a really great point in the chat here on YouTube. Dual eligibility is something to to target. I'm on the first page of the projections here. I don't see a single dual eligible player. Uh, there he is, Andrei Svechnikov, the highest ranked dual eligible at left wing, right wing. A lot of platforms are cracking down on dual eligibility. Fantrax removed a lot. Yahoo removed a lot. ESPN removed a lot. And I think they will come back because there is going to be like Kakanyami today. They, they announced he's going to start at left wing. He's a center. I assume he'll get left wing at some point. So I do think they're going to come back. But right now you have to draft for bare bones position. Here we go. Seven seconds. Seven seconds. Ready to go. I'm assuming McDavid and Drysaddle go one and two. If not, you know, I wind up with Drysaddle at number three. Oh, yeah. Drysaddle. He's the highest ranked dual eligible. 
McDavid and McKinnon go. That leaves me at pick number three with Leon Dreisaitl, who is a pretty comfortable pick, ranked number two, center left wing. I'm okay with that. I'd be definitely happy. Matthews, Pasternak, Rantano. Pasternak went way ahead of um, schedule. So Dreisaitl, I took at number three. These early picks are are easy. These are the ones you don't really have to think about. Just draft for ceilings. Everybody that's ranked inside the top round is pretty safe. Uh, so it went Kucherov, number four, Matthews, number five, Pasta, Rantanen, Marchand, and Panarin. Vasilevsky's there for you at number one. Yes. And you talk a lot about zero G, but at number 10, where's the threshold for you to start thinking about a goalie? 10 starts to look like value. Uh, I'm just waiting to press draft on Vaz right now. Uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I know I just literally the last thing I said into the <laughs> mic tonight is I'm fading goalies. But at this point, and this is the way I like to think about it, like, you know, I don't like hard wiring guys into groups of tiers necessarily. But when I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at the next, say, 10, 15 players coming up on the board. Vazzy is the only one who's clear cut. There's a bit of a blur going on in the in the forward positions right now, like Marner, Kane, Barkov. And the other thing I'm considering right now is I don't have to wait very long to my next pick, right? So that's another big consideration for me is I might just do Vaz. I'm going to do Vaz because, I mean, as much as I don't like tears, he is definitely just the one solo goalie who's, who's definitely a league of his own. So Barkov, Ovechkin, Marner... Yeah, you're beating around the term, but value over replacement is exactly what you pretty much described is you're getting what Vasilevsky brings versus Patrick Kane, Barkov, Ovechkin, Marner. And and even now, like who who who's at the top of your list? There's like Crosby, there's Huberdeau. Like that's kind of the same tier as a Barkov, Ovechkin, Marner, or Kane. So really, what did you miss out on? A forward who's pretty much lateral with those three guys, those four guys, or the number one goalie off the board. So exactly what you did is what I would have did at number 10 too. Make creating tiers is the same thing. Uh, it's just putting borders on value above replacement. Exactly. Right? It, it really is. We are talking about the same thing. And the part of tiers that I dislike is just where you're trying to pick an arbitrary line. And the only thing I don't like about that is sometimes people then start looking for lines where there aren't any. But Vasilevsky is a clear, definite. If you want to make a tier, he's he, that's a tier. You know. And the, I mean? the like, a problem I have with tiering prior to the draft is right now our tiers are so very fluid. Every single time yeah. a player gets picked, the tier line moves. And there's, there's no tiers. This is not something that can be projected, you know, going into it. Yeah, there can be like a tier one left wing. But if you're looking for a left wing, like, again, the draft is such a reactionary and whatever the opposite of reactionary is, proactive. Is that right? Proact. Like you got to you gotta know where you're going and, and you got to be able to react. So... You know, right now you're looking at, let's sort by ADP, Brady Kachuk still hanging out there. You know, he's not ranked for the most points because, you know, we're in a points league that kind of mutes, hits, and and shots a little bit. Sebastian Ajo, Mika Zibanejad, Jonathan Huberdeau, Victor Hedman, Kale McCarr. Are you going to go completely rogue and take a D here? No, I'm not. Uh, I definitely want a forward right now. My heart... My heart's got me going between Crosby and Aho right now. 
But on the other hand, there is one thing I've always wanted to do. I'm not going to do it. I've always wanted to completely go against the grain and take Vazzy and Hellebuck. No, not this year. Not with not with Leonard and Kemper. Yeah. I'm not going to do that, but that's something I've always pretended. <laughs> one guy that I have way higher hopes on than most people is Crosby, and I'm taking him right now. So right after Crosby is is who I would have picked. I like Jonathan Huberto. I like him a lot this year. Second round, fourth pick, I feel pretty comfortable with that at 16. I think Huberto, you know, you take any 82-game sample size, and he's pushing 95 points, close to 100. Mark Stone right behind him, a little high for me. Not huge on his shooting percentage last year. Mika Zibanejad, fine with that. Sebastian Ajo, I'm okay with that. So let's talk about what I want to do here in round two. Do I go goalie? Because we're talking value over replacement. Robin Leonard projected at 312. You know, I know he's going to be good, but there's so many question marks with that. The next highest skater is Alex DeBrincat. Let's just look at skaters here. There's pretty familiar faces inside the second round. Andrei Svechnikov, Jack Eichel, so many question marks. Braden Point, Kale McCarr, do I go D here? I, I feel pretty good with my first forward, Leon Dreisaitl. Do I get another kind of cornerstone part of your roster and, and start loading up on D here in round two? Talking value over replacement, there's a big tier here of, of skaters that I'm okay with waiting six picks. I think I just talked myself into it. So Kale McCarr is going to be my pick here at 2-10. And Kemper goes right behind him, Robin Leonard, Braden Point. Brady Kachuk, third round. That is that is great. And I still have my pick of the crop, like Sveshnikov and Dabrinka were the two guys I earmarked as, as guys I would have chosen then. What are you thinking with this crop of players here? A lot of players I like, actually. Uh, I think <sighs> Dabrinka, to me, I like a lot. I like JT Miller a lot, but not yet. But no, I like, I mean, Shifley's not a bad choice. One thing that's on the board right now, a uh, really fun, fun pick would be Kaprasov. Just I don't know if I have fun in round three. My first three rounds are, I like to be super safe. So Shifley, we talked about him in the last episode, one of the safest players out there. Um, you know, Alex DeBrinkat, the ceiling is super high, but we've seen a lot of up and down. I don't know. I like Shifley here in round three. I think he's a pretty safe point-per-game player. The other guys I'm considering are DeBrincat, who you know, hits point-per-game if he hits 40 goals. So ifs end of the third round does not mix for me. I can switch Dreisaitl to left wing. I'm taking Shifley in round three. Alex DeBrincat goes right behind him. John Carlson, Sveshnikov. You're up, buddy. Landeskog goes, Hedman goes, Matthew Kachuk, Alex. Uh, sorry, Adam Fox, still on the board for you. Fox is on the board. I am. I still have some reservations about him, especially this high. And I, I, my strategy, generally speaking, is to go, go hard on forwards early, like get high caliber forwards. A little early for me for Fox, Hamilton. I like Miller, obviously, Eichel. Nurse is a bit high, but um, Stamkos is another dual eligible injury risk. I already have Crosby. I've had Crosby and Stamkos. <laughs> I might have the the Olympic bench, you know. Uh, so that's 
Who else we got in this sort of area coming up? We got Pedersen, Connors. I like all them next round. I mean, you're pretty close to next round, so it's it's really like uh, exactly. I am going to go. Oh, I'd love to take Eichel just for the upside, but I don't. I think he's going to miss a lot. I'm going, uh, Mr. Stevan Stamkos. Yeah, you do like your your sturdy old folks. I do as a right wing. Dougie Hams, Tyson Berry. There goes Kaprizov. You missed him by one pick. That's okay. I don't. I don't really want. Kaprizov. It is way too uh, risky for, for this early. His upside is Stamkos's bad season. So Let's talk about Pedersen, because I think that's a pretty smart move here. Let's talk about Pedersen, because I've got him queued up as well uh, right now. What's your team look like so far? So I know you got Stamkos, I know you got Crosby, and you got Vazzy, right? And Vasilevsky. So that's not so bad. I'm happy to go with Pedersen here. Like I said, if it was tomorrow in the categories, I'd be looking seriously at JT Miller right now for his category coverage. I'm taking him. <laughs> look behind me. Like, look, I look at who, who am I kidding here? I'm taking Pedersen. I forgot to. Uh, there goes Chikrin. There goes Fox. We're on a D run right now, so I think I got ahead of the storm with Kale McCarr here. JT Miller finally goes. All right, I, like you, like to focus on forward. But what I don't like is the forwards that I'm greeted with here. John Tavares, Ryan O'Reilly, Anzi Kopitar. Jeez, this is gross. I mean, I really want Ehlers. I wanted to go 0G, but right now, I mean, none of the goalies that are here right now interest me at a fourth-round pick. Looking at Tristan Jari who a lot of projections seem to be favoring at this point. Igor Shosturkin, UC Soros, Marc-Andre Fleury, none of those guys are worth it to me. I'll be honest with you, Raj, like rounds three, four, five are kind of my least favorite rounds because everything is so kind of muddled. I, I don't know what to do. I hear you. John Tavares is out there. I mean, it is a points league, so that upside is there. Definitely a... Um couple of rounds where you can make a mistake like right now i i could very easily reach for brock besser <laughs> yeah these are the reach rounds where it's so hard to just like calm your shit <laughs> you know stay steady yeah you know like malkin's out there but i just don't know how bad his his injury is and uh, you know jesus in the fourth round i feel great about malkin but it's jack eichel he's still out there man Roman Yossi, do I load up on D? I don't know. What pick are we at? We're at pick number 46. So, all right, going back to Pedersen, JT Miller, Max Pacioretty, Patrice Bergeron, Shea Theodore, Adam Fox. I have a center. I have a left wing. I have a D. When I leave round five, typically I like to have a little bit of everything. So what I'm going to do, I'm sorting by right wing because I know that they go fast. There's not many enticing right wings left already. I mean, there's Reinhardt, but I just, I'd feel disgusting taking him in the fourth round. Lindholm, man, he is steady. And he's dual eligible, so I got that going. Patrick Laine, do I bet on a bounce back here? I don't think so. None of these right wings feel like fourth round picks, man. The fuck do I do? I know what I would do if I was in your pick right now. What? Well, I'm hoping he falls to my pick still. Fuck your pick. 
give a shit about your pick. Uh, no way, I can't tell you. Man, there's a lot of uh, a lot of just uncertainty here. Like Joe Pavelski, I know his projections are bullshit. Like I, I really don't expect him to repeat. Kevin Fiala again, he's 65 points to me. I can't buy there. Jason Robertson, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Like this is a disgusting round four, round four for me. So I think I'm just gonna do something that I talked about earlier. In it's just liking your team. Seth Jones, I think, is going to have a fantastic year. I'm going Seth Jones here. It's a terrible right. decision. I know it. Like, still Quinn Hughes out there. There goes Ehlers. I knew he would be going pretty soon. I thought it was too early, but I guess it wasn't. Two picks ahead of where I want it to be. So now maybe I can go back to skaters and feel okay about taking a Jack Eichel in round five. Okay about, you know, a Brock Besser, an Elias Lindholm. You know, there's there's options out here that don't disgust me in the fifth round, but it just seemed way too early at that point. And now I got two stud D who are going to rack power play points up like nobody's business in Kale McCarr and Seth Jones. But at this point, like I, I need another I need another skater and Elias Lindholm, you know, in my opinion, maybe the best Calgary flame on the team. So I'm going to take Lindholm here. I don't feel great about it. Like I'm. I'm starting to get a little disappointed in my team and how it shake out, but I really like. Is that who you're sports. going for? No, I wasn't. Um, I would probably hold off till the very last pick for a goalie at this point. I got Vasilevsky. You know, I can pick whoever mm. and be pretty comfy. Uh, I need a, I need a D, and the D I want is still here. Uh, who is Chris Letang? Ah, pair him up with your Crosby. He's just he's good. Your team is going to be excellent for 65 games this year. Exactly. Exactly. Looking at other D that are still available at this point, Petrie's there, which he could be amazing. Uh, just worried about Montreal. You know, they just went, they got another defensive forward. Uh, <laughs> Christian Dvorak, yeah. Yeah. Like, great. No, he's good, but he is another defensive forward, right? Like he's good all round player, very Montreal ish. Petrie's gonna have a big role, so I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bad about taking him right now. McAvoy is still around, but again, he's better tomorrow for me. I keep saying tomorrow. Categories draft tomorrow is what I meant by that. So Darnell Nurse goes right after my Lindholm pick. Roman Yossi, Neil Pionk, Aaron Eckblad, big D run here inside the fifth round. Vincent Trocek at pick five or round five, pick eight. And then you see Soros, like Roger was saying, I know Kemper and Leonard went back to back, uh, pick 211 and pick 212. And that was after your Vasilevsky. And I think um, Hellebuck went as well. So Soros being the G5 there, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Uh, I, I know who I'm going to pick. I'm going to take Latang. Got to get that D. He's he, he even if he plays seventy games, sixty eight games, he still ends up as you know usually in the top ten, almost automatically in the top ten in any format of league. He's just so good. Man, there goes Vander Kane. Uh, but I think Joe had to put his uh, his child to sleep, so I don't know if that had to do with it. But man, Charlie McAvoy right behind your Latang. The D run continues. Vander Kane, not sure what's up there. David Perron, uh, Jeff Petrie. So there is a lot of D going right now. I'm glad I got my Seth Jones. I'm glad I got my Kale McCarr. You're up, round six, pick number three. 
what direction are you thinking about taking this pick? I always have to second guess when I want to take a, another Canuck, um, which I kind of do. I want to take Besser right now. I want to risk Eichel right now, potentially, round six. I mean, on the off chance that Jack Eichel plays a year of hockey and you get him in round six, that's crazy. Yeah, what if he ends up being a you know post-Olympic break kind of guy? So because of that huge question, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna play fun. I'm not gonna take him right now. Besser Nylander starting to look like not a bad pick. Another big risk that I was thinking of taking right now is Sagan. Hmm. Again, just the potential of him could be could be very big, but uh, the chance of it actually happening scares the hell out of me. It's I could sit here and and uh, talk myself into like. You're going to. You're gonna overthink it, man. Well, you know, you see, and then you can always do that. So that's the always the danger with any type of analytics is how far do you dig? You just dig till you get the answer you want most of the yeah. time. Right? <laughs> I talked myself into Kel McCarr, so I was right there with you. I think that was an okay. One. This is a round where where even Johnny Gaudreau starts to look good, right? Like Patrick Line, Kevin Fiala start looking like pretty good bets here. Uh, Matt Barzell love him in points leagues. Sam Reinhart huge gamble. Probably a good gamble. Your boy Taylor Hall. There's there's six it's round another, options out here that that really fit in in the sixth round. Yeah, and I need to at this point I need to start thinking about positions because I did get two high end centers. I've got a right wing. I've got a good D. I've got the best goalie. I don't have any left wings yet, so it's worth taking a look. At, I don't like doing everything based on position, but at some points you have to make sure you're covering your bases. And right now, there's no left wings <laughs> uh, for a while. Goudreau, Fiala, that's about your best, and, and Taylor Hall. I hate those people so much. Oh, there's somebody I like a lot who it's too too far away. I'll tell you, I'm taking either Besser or Nylander. Who would you take? I would take Besser. That's who I'm taking. That's who I hope you don't take. So I mean, I am being honest with you. Okay, let's go for the flow. The Brock Best Monster. All right. Let's see what the picks fall out after that. There goes Shabbat, sixth round. Love him in the sixth round. Rupee Hints, uh, Tyler Sagan, William Nylander, all the players you were talking about, all the players I was even considering. Ryan O'Reilly there. Uh, huge, huge uh, damage to my queue at this point. I'm telling you, Kevin Fiala starts to look really good here to me. Kevin Fiala. I mean, there's goalies out there like Semyon Varlamov that might that might switch where I'm headed. Tristan Jari, don't trust him. Igor Shesterkin, what's up with you? Mike Smith, no. No, I'm off the Mike Smith. Uh, <laughs> It'd give you nightmares. Semyon Varlamov, like, I feel a lot better about 0G in points leagues than I do in categories leagues, especially like a 7-4 category league where where goalies start to like really matter. Points leagues, goalies are important, uh, especially like this one. Like the fantasy points per game are, it's a pretty big spread. Uh, Semi Varlamov might not get the volume, but I know I'm going to get solid stats here. And there's still guys like Grubauer, Olmark, Markstrom, Carter Hart, Jordan Biddington, guys that I think are going to take volume, maybe Frederick Anderson. Um, that'll be available late, later, so... At this point here in round seven, or no, round six, 
closing in on round seven, Semyon Varlamov is on the tip of my tongue. But again, you look at Jack Eichel, you look at Evgeny Malkin, you look at Sean Couturier, Kevin Fiala. Tip of your what? Tip of my tongue. The tip, the forefront of my mind. How about that? Sam Reinhardt, Bo Horvat, Taylor Hall. I already have my one center, so I don't think I'm going to go Couturier here. I do believe that uh, the injury questions around Malkin are going to let him slip another six picks. I think Eichel will slip another six picks. Kevin Fiala is out there. My wing depth is not looking too good. I do technically have three centers with Lindholm, Dreisaitl, and Shifley. So at this point, I want that dual eligible winger. I'm going Kevin Fiala, and I'm going to bank on maybe Varlamov being there. Sam Reinhardt right behind him. Damn it. Nicholas Backstrom, Couturier. Look at this center run. Uh, Petrangelo. And then it's back up to me. Eichel's still there. Malkin is still there. Morgan Riley. Man, do I take a third D before round seven is over? At this point, like you're really looking at Morgan Riley. I think his projection right now, like he's 171. Guys like Drew Doughty are 183. I think they're not doing enough justice by his projection. I think that power play is going to be a hell of a lot better. Toronto is a fucking good offense. There's a lot there for Morgan Riley. So if I was thinking D, Morgan Riley, Drew Doughty would be at the top of my list. But what am I thinking about? Anze Koptar is out there. Patrick Line is still out there. He will still be out there, I believe. And I wouldn't be too mad if he wasn't. I think this is where I take a goalie. I really want to go, you know, zero G and all the, all that fun stuff. But I got to think about this team because we are playing this league. We're going to turn it into a best ball league and see how it goes. I think Varlamov has a better year than guys like, who, who was I talking about before then? I can't even remember. The only person I'm thinking about here. Well, we got Grubauer's out yeah, there. Yeah, Grubauer's out there. But I was, I was thinking skaters like, you know, Forsberg, I really like, but I don't think I can take him here. Jack Eichel, you know, too many question marks. Suzuki, Morgan Riley. So for me, it's between Morgan Riley and Semyon Varlamov. But I already have 2D. I have zero goalies. Varlamov brings me great rate stats. I'm going Varlamov here. There goes Malkin, Zach Wierenski, Jonathan Taze, Anzi Kopitar, Nicholas Suzuki. A lot of centers. People catching up on centers here in the draft. Um, Rod, you're up 7-10. Seven, seven Miro Heiskanen right before you. I can't remember if I said Nick Suzuki. How's your team looking for centers? You got Sidney Crosby. You got Elias Pettersson. You're not worried. My centers are locked down. Do you remember last time I had Elias Pettersson and I said my centers were locked down when I had Eichel and Pettersson? And I was like, I am going to win. And then they played a combined like 30 games. <laughs> so it looks like you need a left wing. You need D. Are you taking Morgan Riley? Because I think that's a solid freaking pick right here. I do like Morgan Riley here. My debate right now is Taylor Hall or Morgan Riley. Because I need left wing, I need D. I have pretty solid hopes for Taylor Hall this year, as I do for Riley. Let me throw you a bone here. Tevo Teravainen. I think, you know, he's dual eligible. I think the projections are not doing him any favors because of the piss poor season he had last year. He is consistently one of the best points league players out there playing next to Tevo Teravainen. They just got Kakanyami, who's going to play at left wing. Does that put. Sveshnikov on the top line and kind of make a super line there. 
there's question marks there, but I think Tavo Teravine and Taylor Hall, man, I got them kind of in the same group. I, I'm avoiding the word tier, but yeah, I Thank think you. they might be in the Thank same you. tier. Um, especially with Teravine and, you know, top line, top power play. We hope about top power play. I think there was a lot last year that was going on that kept him from the deployment that he should have been seeing. Taylor Hall's second line, hoping for top power play. I mean, one of those guys has questions. One of them doesn't. And I think Tavo Teravainen is the player that doesn't have a lot of question marks there. Between him and Morgan Riley, what are you thinking? Well, I'm leaning. I'm leaning Riley. I'm scrolling as you talk, and my left wing projections have have changed. There's a few left wings that I like coming up. There, there's a few left wings that I really like who are way down. So I'm actually mm. gonna kind of put off left wing for a bit. And I think worst case Ontario, Riley is really good. The upside is huge on that Toronto power play. If he gets a lot of power play time and Toronto plays like they should, he's he'll probably be like on Norris ballots and not win it, but he'll be up there. So two more goalies go after your Morgan Riley pick. Philip Grubauer before Shesterkin, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and then Joe Pavelski goes as well. There's a few left wings. Now, I'm glad I waited. I'm glad I got Riley because I have a feeling he might have gone in there. There's Hall, Forsberg. I feel like Patrick Laine is going to have a decent season. Oh, God. I do. I very much Are we do. doing that here? Yeah. There's a lot in his favor. Not to his old numbers that he had in Winnipeg when they were stacked. Definitely not those kind of numbers, but better. Goudreau could do better. Another guy I just don't like having. So Super fun going- in points leagues. There's tons there. I know there is, but I am going with uh, Taylor Hall. Right on. So you take Taylor Hall. Travis Konechny, tri-eligible, goes right behind him. There goes Tara Vinen. Goddamn. So I wonder if Justin is on the feed and saw Tara Vinen. There goes Barzell in round eight. Johnny Gaudreau in round eight. Some great value happening here. Drew Doughty, great pick W because I noticed that there's a steep drop when it comes to D right now. I only have two D. And uh, there is, let's see, how many Power Play 1 guys left out there? John Klingberg, you know, maybe you call that a Power Play 1. Tori Krug, I don't know. Tony D'Angelo, that's what I'm doing. I'm betting on D'Angelo here. It's probably too early, but I think it's sneaky. And I think people are paying attention. And I think people are watching this fucking YouTube feed. So there's enough there. Patrick Liney goes right behind him. Jason Robertson, Jonathan Marcheseau. So I'm back up. Yeah, there goes line A. Um, I wanted Robertson was actually the one I didn't say because I knew it's live on YouTube. <laughs> There's a lot out there for me right now. There's a lot. Uh, we're here in round nine. I'm staring down Brian Rust, Philip Forsberg, who is one of the best fantasy players out there for 60 games a year. Sam Bennett, kind of a gamble here, but I know there's going to be some fans of that pick out there. Tristan Jari getting so much love in projections. And it's kind of, I, I just don't know if I can bet on that. You know what I mean? Dylan Larkin, Anthony Mantha, Tom Wilson. At this point, Jack Eichel still being out there. Is it time to take the swing? His ADP is 38. We're hanging out here at pick number 100, close to it, 99. So for me, it's between Rusts and Forsberg. 
Frederick Anderson too. Like there's, there's plenty to play with. Like, do I, do I lock up another goalie? But I definitely like to. I think Anderson is not getting enough love this off season. He's on Carolina. Yeah. He's on Carol. He has, he has defense playing on his team now. Like he's not his best defenseman's TJ Brody anymore. Like he's got an actual team playing in front of him. I think he well, is going to be Jacob Slavin, you know, surprised a lot of people this year. Dougie's not there. And you swap that out for Tony D'Angelo. You start to get a little nervous. Yeah. You bring in <sighs> Ethan bear and Jacob Slavin's still a good defenseman. And I think he's going to be better than he's been the last couple of seasons in Toronto. And I don't know what to do. I, I think at this point I got to take Fiala or not Fiala Forsberg. I mean, round 10, I feel pretty cool about that. Filling out my... Kaliev, sheesh. What the? Rocker. Rocker's Rocker. going off the board. I got to get some of that weed. Kaliev, Rust, Anderson, Krug, Jack Hughes. Freddie Anderson, smart move. I mean, I know W is a Canes fan, so... Darlene. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Hughes um, gets a little bit better this year. Like, by a little bit, I mean quite a bit better. Better numbers, I think. There is some thinking for all Raj to do here. They, I keep getting these Canucks at great value, but I got to stop. If I didn't have two centers already, I would definitely be taking Horvat right now. If anybody needs a set. Fucking Larkin. Ah, fuck Larkin. No, Nobody goes for Larkin. I mean, he's solid. I mean, you're here in round round nine. There's some some good picks right now. Toffoli's there still. Buchnevich, Bennett, Weger. But since I need a left wing still, um, a very another guy's more more gooder in um, categories leagues. But who I do like? Ooh shit! Oh shit! I can't wait to hear this one. Are you gonna say Buchnevich? No, I'm looking at left wings. I was very much about to click. <laughs> Braden Chen. Uh, he's also got the dual eligibility, which is great for. Right on, right on. Uh, fuck, dare I say? I should. Zach Hyman. Giroux. Oh, I. He's in my queue. So, you know, I'm. I'm not. I'm not far behind you. Jakob Vrana, I think, is just a good a bet. Um, Anders Lee consistently gets faded. Andre Burakovsky, like one of my sleeper candidates this year. Zach Hyman. I, I just oh, went man. Zach Hyman. Risky Bisky. Nah. All right. Round round number nine for our sleepers this year, boys. That's what that's that's the way we're going. Sleeper? I don't know about sleeper. That's not really. There goes Giroux. There goes Toffoli. I've got two centers, two left wing, two right wing, two D, and a goalie. Which is generally how I like to do things. I usually fill out uh, all my my forward positions and top two D and a goalie. That's I, you know I, I like to be flexible, but that did work out pretty much how I like things to work out. And now I usually like to reassess stuff because I've got two D positions left, two skaters, which mean they can be whatever, and a goalie position. So again, to look at the value over replacement with this what's left here. Oh, Horvat, man. Wouldn't that be on brand? Yeah, you have to. Connor Garland's in the picture. I could still get Shen, actually. Manta. How do you feel about Manta this year? I like him. I, you know, Rod or uh, me and Zach have been going back and forth. Like, I think he hits top power play. 
think Zach is still stuck on Kuznetsov on the top power play. I think it's Manta. I think they're over the Evgeny Kuznetsov experiment, you know. So I'm I'm all on board for Manta. But this will be the second year in a row that I've said that. And we all know how it worked out for me last year. So I just don't know if he's going to burn me again. Burn me once. So there's a bit of, there's a bit jaded, jaded love there. Here in round, what are we in round 10? I think you're totally justified in taking, in taking him. And you don't want to stretch too far just, just to like reach your strategy, you know, like, but if I had one, this is another time I would be looking for dual eligibility sort of in this range too. the guys who are going to be slotting in and out for Hagee. Hagee's out there with uh, dual true. eligibility. He's a, he's a pretty good bet. Um, Kubalik. Kubalik. You know, he's going to put up some goals. Anthony Mantha, too. So right right in line with what you're saying. And Braden Shen, too, man. Like, if we're sorting by fantasy points and you start skipping some of the goalies, who are we looking at? I mean, there's a lot of goalies. Tomas Hurdle, center only. Because Evgeny Kuznetsov, center only. You're repping Sidney Crosby and Elias Pettersson. You don't need a center only. So I think no. you do need to diversify a little bit and hit some of these dual eligible players. I think Mantha's the pick, dude. It's him or Shen, but I like the left wing, right wing, and I think Mantha has a little bit more upside. I think we know exactly where Shen's upside is. There goes Horvat. There goes Larkin. There goes Kubelik. All the guys we were talking about. Samsonov, love him in round 10. Giordano, Tom Wilson. I'm up here. I got a pretty hefty cue that I'm pretty proud of. But I'm going to do something that I talked about in the 10 lessons learned from this year. I'm taking Ilya Sorokin. I am locking up the tandem here inside round 10. I have the New York Islanders tandem. Wow. I'm getting wins. I'm getting wins. Okay. I never have to worry about, you know, yeah, there's going to be one week, two weeks all year where the New York Islanders only play two games. And maybe I have to stream a goalie in. But at this point, I'm getting every single New York Islanders game who have, they've made the the quarterfinals or the semifinals, what, three years in a row, two years in a row. They're a good fucking team. They're a good defensive team. The only exciting part of their team is their goalies. And now I have both of them. Ilya Sorokin is going to lead the league in back-to-back games this year because the New York Islanders have 19. That's a league-most 19 New York Islander back-to-back games I have Varlamov, I have Sorokin. I'm happy with that tandem. Considering Provorov, Burns, Hronik, and Devin Taze went behind him, and I'm still up. Oh, my God. That is a D run that I don't want any part of. (laughs) I'm fine with who I took. Right now, top of my queue, Timo Meyer. I'm thinking about Andre Burakovsky. Carter Hart is out there still, who I think might be one of the most value ADP-type goalies out there. Ilya Samsonov, same deal. He keeps getting faded. Samsonov, 10th round. We were talking about, you know, Varlamov and Grubauer getting faded into the 10th round. I think Samsonov is is that guy this year. He's on Washington. They're going to win games. That's, yeah, I think he's a, he's a value. And I think Carter Hart's the same kind of gamble. The difference being Carter Hart has been going much later ADP wise. I'm looking at skaters here. We're inside round 10 and I've already got both goalies. So I definitely need to focus on my forward core. I have three defensemen that I'm pretty okay with. Seth Jones, Kale McCarr, Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, Tony D'Angelo was early in the eighth. But 
we just saw 4D go here in the 10th. Ivan Provorov, Brent Burns, Philip Peronik, Devin Tays. I still want Tony D'Angelo more than any of those guys. So how early was he? I don't know. You still got guys like Risto who could take the top power play. Uh, Keith Yandel still out there who could take Philly's top power play. Uyghur, is he going to have like this stellar year that he had last year? I don't know that I'm going D. I only have one D spot left and I have three skater spots left. So actually five skater spots left. So I'm probably leaning forward. Sam Bennett staring me in the face. Pavel Buchnevich. I think this is when I'm going to take my sleeper call. So I was giving you shit last round for Zach Hyman. But I think I'm going to gamble on Andre Burakowski, who without Jonas Donskoy is probably going to take top power play in Colorado. I want some of those top power play points. I'm taking Burakowski here. Lena Solmark, Ryan Pulak, Eric Carlson, Sam Gerrard, Jordan Binnington. There goes Teamer Meyer, who was my other option. What are you thinking here, Raj? I don't need much more thought. I need a D, and I'm taking Mackie Weeks. Easy enough. There goes Vince Dunn right behind him. Even though Uyghur's probably not power play one, like certainly, certainly not. He's proven that he doesn't really need it to put up reasonable numbers. And the T- I love the way Florida looks this year. Oh, there goes Carter Hart, Palat, Buchnevich. And it's back to me. So now I've got my 3D, one skater, one goalie. So I'm looking at just who is the best. If there is anyone who's sort of, you know, big value above replacement in terms of their position, I'm going to switch my sorting back to all positions. I think you need a goalie. I do need a goalie. However, I don't know if I can say this without just doing it. Tristan Jari's still out there, you know. That's true. I think he's the pick. Like he, he's not getting enough love. I, I spent the most of this episode saying I don't believe in Tristan Jari, but here, round twelve, you know, you can have two volume goalies on two very good teams. Nah, I'm still not going goalie. There's a couple of guys right now that it's it's time to roll some dice. Like Tarasenko is still there. Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel is still there. Sam Bennett is still there. That's more of where my heart's at, um, but it's really tying my heart in knots. I could, for my last skater spot, I am going to fill that spot with someone who's not really risky, which is Braden Shen. Okay. There goes Sam Bennett. I I like that pick. I mean, I felt it was time. Ryan Strom, he's been in my queue for a long time. There goes Tristan Jari. Jeremy Swayman. Lafreniere, Connor Garland. These are about those rounds where you start taking swings. I, I mean, I took my Andre Burakowski swing. I felt pretty pretty solid about it. So, you know, the, these are the swing rounds. Worst case scenario, you wind up with a streaming spot. Let's take a look at my roster. What do I need to focus on? I I have, I technically have centers to cope with that. Burakowski, from what I remember, is dual eligible. No, it looks like he's just a left wing. Hmm. Do I go D? Let's check out what the D is because I do have one D spot open and I have a center spot open. I think there's going to be more center depth than there is defense depth. So at this point, D is going to suck this round. It's probably going to suck next round too. I wouldn't focus on D at this point. Yeah. I mean, nothing here looks 
enticing. The the best defenseman is is Rasmus Ristolainen, Alec Martinez. That realm of defensemen will be there next round. Let's check out the centers and see if we can't find somebody dual eligible like Carter Verhage, who's going to play on the top line right there. I mean, we're still looking at Dubois, who probably will get left wing status. Um, I have a couple aces up my sleeve in my queue, but I think Carter Verhage is the pick here in a points league. Feel real good about that. Drake Batherson right behind ah, him. Mike like Smith, Sergei Bobrovsky. There goes Cole Caulfield. Pick 146. I like him there. I feel pretty comfortable with him there. Yeah, this is about, like you're saying, this is the, this is the time for guys like that. If he doesn't work out, you didn't really lose anything. I'm back up, and I think I might take one of these aces up my sleeve at this point, but I want to reassess what's going on. At D, nothing changed. No D got shake, taken. I'm going to take Anders Lee. Brendan Gallagher, Jacob Markstrom, Cal Peterson. We're seeing a decent goalie run go here. Wow. Uh, there goes Oliver Bjorkstrand. He was one of the aces up my sleeve, so Grizz is on his shit. Uh, big goalie run. Yeah, like uh, TCAT was saying. Here in round 13, another one. So we saw Markstrom go. I love the volume there. What do you What do you think goes on with Calgary? Do you think Markstrom puts up pretty solid numbers? He wasn't so hot last year, but he sees the whole NHL this year. Yeah, and you know what? Even when he wasn't so hot last year, in most fantasy leagues, he was still right ranked like around number 10. He wasn't horrible at all, just because he gets just volume. Um, so in most leagues, he's he's fine, actually. I think he'll be better. I think he'll be better than last year. I absolutely think that. Like Vladar, I don't think he still starts. My whole, I had three goalies lined up. Did, did they all get taken here? Yeah, that Peterson, goalie run was Peterson my, Price exactly. and Talbot. <laughs> Shit, bud. I, I told you you had to take a goalie. Yeah, I know. I was trying to squeak through one more round. Uh, Is Carter Hart still? Uh, no, he did get picked, didn't he? Uh, yeah. So I'm. Um, you can go Mrazic. You can take the uh, the Toronto tandem. You can take Campbell and Mrazic to go with your Vasilevsky. Uh, See, right now I'm at the point with the goalies where there's nobody I like. There's a bunch of guys who are a fine, fine last goalie pick, but I'm not going to do goalies right now. I am going to go back to my, we'll just call it zero G after having the number one G. <laughs> one G. Just go one G. Yeah. Now I do need a D as the other position I don't have filled out. So my... um. D pick at this point is what I should really look at. I'm thinking Sergachev is on the table. Truba's on the table. Truba's more of a categories league guy. He's for tomorrow. Uh, Weber is not really a playing. Uh, Spurgeon's there. He's always kind of just, you know, I could write his stats in right now for the season probably. I know who you should pick. Tolvanen. Or Jakob Verana. Those are the two picks that make sense right now. I have Tolvan and already queued up. I, I figured you did that in round one. Yeah. I did, actually. I'm just a little worried about my... I'm a little worried about my D. But I do have another pick coming up quite soon. I like Sergachev here. Like, he would be at the top of my queue. I've got it either Sergachev or the guy I said I would never speak of, which is Morrissey. I think Sergachev's got more of what I need, and I'm going with Sergachev. 
goes Kuznetsov, Rista Linen goes, Martinez goes. So a lot of D. There goes Tolvanen. You missed out. I bet that doesn't feel good. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's another guy who a lot of the value that makes him draftable is hits. So I'm not too troubled by that. Now all my positions are covered. I need one more goalie. And then we've got, what's a bench? We got five bench. No, it should only be two. Like Fantrax sometimes two. just says six. So don't two buy bench? into that. I think it's just two. Yeah. Okay. So I need a goalie and then I have two bench. So there's a couple of guys here who really get my heart going. But I just don't feel like I can pick Mangiapane is one. I really I really like him, but how worried are you about Tarasenko not playing? Not really. He's gotta play somewhere. I think he plays somewhere. Cause that's kinda what I'm thinking. I mean, we're talking what round are we fourteenth round? Yeah. A not hot Tarasenko is worth a fourteenth round for sure. There goes Verana. Dumbo. Damn it. Fucking Justin, you piece of shit. You piece of shit. I hope you're watching. I, this is the round I was going to take Jack Eichel. You fucking piece of shit. I was trying to, I was not saying words to you, Raj, because I knew you were circling that fucking, yeah. you, like a shark in water, man. But Justin, just tabernacle motherfucker. <laughs> God damn it. That's the anti Lone Z, man. All right, Mike Hoffman. I really like that pick here, too. I don't know why. He's been the guy I just keep forgetting about this year, that he's in Montreal and is going to make an impact on that power play. Um, man, he is watching the fucking stream. Fuck that guy. Okay. Fuck you, Justin. <laughs> of course he's watching. He's been sniping me every other fucking round, man. Like He knows what I'm thinking here. Like I, I half get the feeling that my cue is visible, but I know it's not. I need I need defense at this point. That's the only spot I have left outside of my bench. There's nothing really going on on defense. Maybe I take a swing on Keith Yandel here, but I just don't feel cool with that. None of these defensemen really get me going. Nick Letty, Rasmus Anderson. I'm going to fade D the rest of the way. I'm taking Pierre-Luc Dubois in the 14th round. Feel great about it. Feel real great about it. I get to go again. I think these are the swinging rounds, man. Yeah, Jack Campbell, there it goes. We're in round 15 of 16. Yeah, so there's going to be one more pick following this. I have one guy left in my flyer category because I know I have to take a D next round. So right now is when I want to take my flyer. I am so much higher on Blake Coleman than I should be. But in Fantrax, he's tri-eligible. I don't know what he's going to be in Yahoo. He is a Sutter player. He plays that banging game. I don't think he makes the top power play, but, you know, top six in Calgary is pretty exciting. He's at the top of my list right now. Chris Kreider, don't know what to make of him. Like, this is when you start thinking about those, you know, last round picks because I know I need to go D next round. So do I go Rossi? Do I go, you know, one of those guys I've been talking about last round? Blake Coleman, man, it, if it was a categories league, I feel really great about it, but I know I need a skater here. Let's let's sort by ADP and see what's going on. Uh, Chris Kreider at the top of the list. Jordan Stahl, Justin Falk, Cam Atkinson. It's really, there's really not much out here. I mean, Logan Couture, I mean, as a last-round pick, 
he he is he is a you know he is one of the hockey players of all time. Yol Faraby. This this is gonna be a solid waiver wire, you know, like I am just taking my swings. Kasperi Kapanen, Sean Monahan, Kirby Doc still out here. Brock Nelson. Yeah, I'm just gonna take that swing on Coleman. Gotta do it. There goes Yandel, Mangiapani. A lot of people taking swings right now. Trevor Zegris, Tyler Bertuzzi, Josh Morrissey, Mackenzie Blackwood. Somebody going real late with D. These are the kind of guys, like if you are employing zero G, Mackenzie Blackwood in the 15th is somebody you should get pretty acquainted with. I like mm -hmm. that pick. You know, he'll be in a tandem, but that's about the value you can be ready to ready to have. I'm going with Mrazek. Uh, he's probably going to be 50-50 or better in Toronto. I hate it so much. But you know who I was going to take is fucking Franco's. Right? Franco's is Franco's is one injury away from being the starting goalie on the best team in the league. That's right. Last year it was the other way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty much the same thing. So we're we're starting to see people's last round swings. You you got your goalie. Who is your last round swing? Let me just scroll for a second. I, you know, you got some good players still out there. I'm not taking three goalies in this setup. There is still a first top line, top power play guy still available in Jaden Schwartz. Uh, that is Seattle. Yeah. You're going to draft a Seattle Kraken? No, I'm not because I'm taking <laughs> Tim Stutzla instead. All right. I dig it. Right, it's the la last pick. I mean, Cam Atkinson has a chance at top line, top power play. Kirby Doc got drafted, you know, same deal. Nico Heischer, a lot of last round swings here. I am OEL taking out a little insurance here. I'm going to draft Matt Grizzlick in the last round, just in case Charlie McAvoy isn't the guy. And it's because I faded, it's because I faded deep. Cam Atkinson, Sean Monahan, the last two picks of a 16 round, 12 team draft. Raj, let's go through our teams. All right, I'll start off with my team. My center depth, or I guess we'll go round by round. So I took Leon Dreisaitl in the first round, backed that up, uh, what, 17, 18 picks later, maybe 19, uh, with Kale McCarr. Then I took Mark Shifley in the third. Felt pretty good about that. Fourth, I took Seth Jones. I thought that was a little bit early, but if you remember back, it started a very violent D run that uh, would have been hard to recover from had I not taken Seth Jones. So I do feel okay there. I might have missed out on Tyson Berry. So I feel like in a points league, I probably should have went Tyson Berry over Seth Jones. So if that was the case, you know, I made a mistake. I should have taken Tyson Berry first, but I feel okay about Seth Jones. Round five took Elias Lindholm. I really hated these rounds. There were so many guys that were <laughs> just muddled together that I didn't feel great about, which led to me taking Seth Jones in the fourth because I didn't know what to go for. I didn't know what um, direction I wanted to go in. So I just took a guy that I felt that I wanted to leave the draft with, and that was Seth Jones. And I wound up in the fifth round looking at the same players that I was in the fourth round. So I got Seth Jones before that violent D run. And I wound up with a choice of the same crop of players that I would have had anyway. Round six, I took Kevin Fiala. 
pretty safe sixth-round pick. Seventh, I took my first goalie in Semyon Varlamov. Eighth round, I took Tony D'Angelo. Probably a bit too high, but again, D were going off the board pretty quick. He was one of the last top power play defensemen left. Ninth, I went Forsberg. I thought there was pretty good value there at pick 99. If he plays more than 60 games, he starts to pay return on investment. Tenth uh, round, Ilya Sorokin locked up to tandem. Eleventh, Burakovsky, my first real kind of sleeper swing there in the 11th. 12th, I took Verhage. I thought that was pretty solid. He's dual eligible. I have a lot of dual eligible guys on my roster, like Verhage, Dreisaitl, Forsberg, Lindholm, Fiala, Burakovsky, I think, or Anders Lee, I'm not sure. Blake Coleman's tri-eligible here. Where did, I, where did I leave off? 13th round, I took Anders Lee. You know, just keeps getting slept on because he was hurt for so long. PLD in the 14th, I was okay taking that risk. There, if he sucks, he sucks. I'll drop him. Blake Coleman, again, in the 15th round. He was technically my last round pick because I knew I needed to go D. And I took Grizzlick in the sixth, 16th, so I filled up that D. Raj, how do you like your team, man? I ended up going, you know, fading goalies, as I said, and then started my goalie fading by picking a goalie first. You got Vasilevsky first, but at 10 overall, it is a clear cut. You know, he was the only guy who was far better than anything coming up next. You know what I mean? Uh, value above replacement. Call it a tier if you like. A tier of one. And then I ended up um, going a little bit old. I've just realized, let's see here, everyone in my top eight rounds has had a major injury within the last four years, which is, that's a way you can go. It's a strategy <laughs> you can take. I didn't set out to do so but i'm drafting a team that i can just blame on injuries and it's going to be real low maintenance because i don't have there's no hopes here right excuses pre-made i got crosby who i think is still a good player uh very good i still one of the best stamkos i liked his dual eligible uh center right wing uh, elias petterson because i am me uh, Chris Letang as my first D in the fifth round. Letang is just so solid in any and any league. He played most and, of a of a of a season last year too. So hopefully turning a corner. If it's eighty two game season, fifty six game season, he still plays the same amount of games. He just has a, he has a set <laughs> limit, a hard hard out at sixty games or so. Quota. But even yeah. so, he's like his points per game, like fantasy points per game for a defenseman are always near the top. I always feel better drafting him with a IR spot. Yes. Uh Besser and Riley came up next. Besser again. I think even though, you know, it's easy to to point to him being a Canuck, but I think it was a decent value in the sixth round. Uh, what did I have him at? Overall, he was 63rd overall, so not not terrible. I've seen worse and made worse picks than that, and then I know probably uh, Taylor Hall next because I needed a left wing. Uh, I think that's pretty good for the eighth round, but my most contentious pick, I think, is Zach Hyman in round nine. That could look like a great or terrible pick, depending on how the season pans out. Well, I, th I think you rounded out your draft really strong to the to the point where a boomer bust pick like that in round nine that seems so safe on the boom, you know, is not too big a reach. You know, he's gonna be playing next to McDavid or Dreisaitl or both. Jesus Christ, like 
I love the boom there. The boom there is so great. That's very true. And, you know, if power play works out in his favor, oof. I saw Yahoo has McDavid predicted, I think, for 52 power play points this year. Jeez. Is their projections on a usually fairly conservative Yahoo. So we'll see. So Hayden brings up a good point. Um, we should check out other people's teams, too, and give a quick uh, up and down. Sure. Yeah, we can take a look through a couple of teams here. Let me here. Hold on. Give me one. All right. So let's let's start with Grizz. I mean, he woke up at four in the morning, Geneva time, to take this draft and do it like in person. I want to talk about his team. Panarin, Huberto, a solid one-two. Like, there's hundred point potential right there inside your top two rounds. Power play points of plenty. Um, Jacob Chikrin, that is a pick I don't feel comfortable with. As the days go on, I feel less comfortable with it. They just traded Dvorak. Arizona's looking pretty fucking haggard. Um, Thomas Shabbat, Miro Heiskanen, Rasmus Dahlin. So that's his decor. What do you think? He got all of his D before round 10. Definitely employed zero G to a degree. He took Soros in round five and then waited for his other two. That's a little early on D for me. I took Jones in the fourth. But like I feel better about Jones than I do Chikrin right now. Yeah, and just to have that many D that early, that's uh, higher than I'd like to go. Uh, Panarin Huberto is a pretty pretty solid start. Your left wing's probably the best in the league, that's for sure. Uh, goaltending Blackwood Merslickens. You went three G uh, after getting Soros, right? So. That's that's actually the way I think that's a good way to do it if you are gonna fade goalies all the way to the end. Having two guys, like either of those could be actually decent, right? Like it, it's it's not the strategy the way I went, but Blackwood could be okay, Merzlikens could be okay, so you know. That's a fine way to do it. I think Verona's a nice late pick. Bonjour, Justin. I know all about your strategy. Uh, Miko Rantanen in round one, pick number seven. We're seeing a lot more Rantanen in round one. I feel good about it. Uh, Mika Zibanejad, round two, solid one-two picks. Landeskog, Theodore Ekblad. So he went back-to-back D in rounds three or four and five. Good strategy because, and I, I know you were just talking against it, but I like to target D early. I like to have all of my D covered before round 10, the same way Grizz did, because they go quick, like especially in in points leagues where there's less relevant defensemen. If we're talking categories leagues, yeah, you can get a Jacob Truba, you can get a Rasmus Ristolainen. There's a bigger pool of defensemen to pick from. But when you're in a points league, defensemen go quick. Defensemen go really quick. I like to finish my D before round 10, which is why I might have reached on guys like, you know, Tony D'Angelo. But looking at Justin's team, his decor is Tory Krug, top power play on a St. Louis team. Maybe there's another year built there. Samuel Gerard, really safe late pick. Aaron Eckblad, Shea Theodore, great top end. A middling, you know, gamble in Tory Krug and Sam Gerard, just like a real safe decor. I like it. Um, right wing, center, left wing is his top three rounds. Get a stud at every position. Good strategy to go with. Tyler Sagan at right wing, Tavo Teravainen at left wing, and Anze Kopitar. So he did go right wing, center, left wing twice in this draft with 2D in between. What do you think? What do, what do you think about his team? First goalie taken 
round 10, Ilya Samsonov. Well, on this team, I really, really, really like the first four picks. Um, I think that is a really solid, like you said, one stud at each position, uh, like a true, true stud at each position. I love that. Then I'm not crazy about some of the picks. Just, uh, again, the D that early isn't something I like to do, but I do 100% agree. Like when we get to the categories draft tomorrow, then you can fade D big time because when blocks and, and everything counts for, for more. That's true. I love his Eichel late. Bertuzzi oh, late could be a good one. Doc late could be a good one. Um, Kopitar and Sagan. Kopi was super early in round seven. Yeah, I think Sagan and Kopitar, those two kind of, I'm a little questionable on that early. And Ekblad, even though he was decent, that's too early for him, I think, for in my books. I don't know. I, I don't mind Ekblad there. When you said you liked his top four rounds, I wanted to butt in and say I liked his top five because I am, I'm bullish on Ekblad and I'm bearish on Sagan. For anybody that doesn't know stock market stuff, that means I like Ekblad. I don't like Sagan. I'm I'm very iffy on Sagan coming back from a hip surgery. His best years were when Dallas employed a heavy top power play unit. They have been 50-50 going on three years now. Sagan is not putting up the same numbers. And in points league, you need those types of numbers. You don't have you know shots winning you a week or, or anything like that. So you need points. Um, the point ceiling is just not there with a 50-50 power play model. Kopitar, I dig it a little early. He's a pretty safe, like nine, 10 round kind of guy. So maybe a two round reach there. Tara Vinen, I had him queued up. I was ready to go. I'm pretty sure you stole that one from me. Uh, since you were listening to the YouTube, Samsonov, great value. Always has been this year. Carey Price, same deal. Great last five rounds too. Ryan Strom in the 12th. You know, your, your middle rounds were a little iffy, but I think your your top five and your bottom five were really, really, really yeah. strong. Yeah, exactly. Very, very good ones. Uh, let's scroll up uh, to the top here. Let's check out W. W, the, the king of auto draft. I'm sure his team is strong as hell and has a Carolina bias. Let's just count it off the top. One, two, three, Carolina Hurricanes. He is a Carolina Hurricane fan, for anybody wondering. Pasternak, round one, safe bet. Sebastian Ajo, round two, safe bet. Svechnikov, round three. I'm feeling better about him as a third-round pick. Still a bunch of question marks there. He has he has not broken point per game um, for a full season just yet. This could be the year. I'm fine with it. You know, Maybe in a categories league, I'd give it a little more leeway, especially with some of the picks you took behind him, like Bergeron. I have more confidence in Bergeron hitting point per game and plastering shots and, and having more points than Svechnikov. So... You know, you got your guy. I get it. And he is he's a pretty safe bet to be a third round value at the end of the year. So I, I feel I feel pretty good about his top let's see, six Jonathan Taze is Mary maybe where I would draw the line. Jonathan Taze round seven is kind of that's risky. I mean you're you're making a gamble there, right? That's a tough one for me. Um even if I knew he was healthy, I wouldn't be taking him. Uh, there, to be honest, uh, unless it was a face-offs heavy league. Uh, so I'd scratch that one, but I do like Nylander. I, Dowdy is a guy that's just, he is what he is. He's he's good. 
I had I had Dowdy and Anderson queued up in those rounds that W took them. So it'd be hard for me to say anything poorly about about those two picks. Yeah, and uh, Kubelik, good round, good pick. Carlson, I don't know, not for me. Um, Could work out, but it's Carlson, so yeah, it's no There's fun that. to be had there. Uh, Garland, oh, we got our we got our first. Uh, no, I guess he took Anderson in round nine. I'm trying to find like a true zero G drafter here. I know we're gonna find one. Let's see here, Spurgeon late, Zegris and Nadelkovich late. That's cool. Zegris is one of is a fun a fun gamble. Scrolling down next to you, Rocker. He's always a strong drafter, especially from an auto draft position. Uh, the only pick I think I didn't like was Kaliev. I thought that was a pretty pretty bold move in round nine. Maybe it was an accident. Who knows? Uh, but Kucherov, Hellebuck, Carlson, Miller, and then Nurse. You know, Nurse in a Cats league in round five. That's tremendous value. I don't know if he's going to put up the points. And I don't know if the waiting here for uh, hits and blocks and all that are enough to justify a fifth round pick for Darnell Nurse. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, we're, we're going back to tried and true and safe. Evgeny Malkin in round seven. Love Goudreau in round eight. Tom Wilson in 10. Um, Gallagher is just such a rocker pick. <laughs> and he got the Boston tandem. He is a Boston fan. So that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, th- this looks like a rocker team, and rocker drafts really well all the time. So, I'm all right with this one. Kaliev was the only nick on this one. OEL in the last round is actually not a bad gamble. I mean, at that point, it's kind of whatever. But uh, rockers team, we went through my team. Going down, we had Team Beardy and Beardy team- baby. It was yeah, it was his idea to look at all these teams. So let's talk about Beardy. I think you were spot on with your first round pick. Matthews to me is a top five guy. Considering the first four players that went, Kucherov, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, and McDavid, you did not screw up your first round pick. And that that's a great that's a great way to go. Jake Ensel, pretty much a quintessential second round pick. I think that's great there. Alex Debrinkat, one of the guys I was talking about in round three. Max Pacioretty. I mean, we're playing it safe here. This is a very safe draft so far. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Roman Yossi, Blake Wheeler, and then we start taking our risks in round number seven with Zach Wierenski. And I say that's a risk because I think I might have gotten a defenseman I liked more later. So who is my seventh round pick? I got D'Angelo in the round eight. Let's let's look at everybody else's round sevens. Petrangelo went in round seven as well. Um, Guys like Suzuki were going around there. I mean, I don't think Wierenski's a, a terrible pick there. Uh, again, just fitting in with, like, fine. Like, uh, looking through this whole whole team, yeah, I would kind of say like fine. D'Angelo and Dowdy were the only guys left. Uh, maybe our, our most zero-G team, he didn't get a G until round 12. So he went 12 and 13. Wound up with Jari and Markstrom. Yeah. So solid. Really great value there two average-ish teams, like maybe Calgary's a little below average, Pittsburgh's a little above average. Goalies who are going to play and get a reasonable amount of starts. Yeah, those, so, are, those are two bulk, they're bulk starters, so I like it. I would say that if you're going to do 0G, and I think if you have no goalies in the first 10 rounds, I think we can call that a 0G team, maybe. Yeah, that's fair. 
And I think this is the way to do it, actually. With that strategy, that's a nice pair of goalies that you can end up with where you're like, probably not going to win by your goalies, but you're probably not going to lose either. The last two round picks here, like I love Heischer, Manjapani, you know, take your swings. That's that's fine. Um, I don't like this decor. Giordano, you know, that's a gamble. Ryan Pulak, Islanders have never had, at least in recent memory. Um, yeah, and Raj, you took Morgan Riley in round seven at pick number 10, five picks after Wierenski. Beardy just said that in the YouTube chat. So, you know, I definitely like Riley better than Wierenski, but I will say to your benefit here, Beardy, Wierenski has huge, there's there's a ton of boom that can be had there because you're bringing in a new coach like Brad Larson who has guys like Patrick Laine to work with, Oliver Bjorkstrand to work with. They want him to be the anti-torts. So maybe they go full offense. <laughs> maybe they, you know, they load up a top power play and who else are you going to put on that top power play but Zach Wierenski? So there is potential for this to flip. Like you could wind up being... You could wind up, Zach Wierenski could wind up finishing higher than Morgan Riley, than Drew Doughty. So I'm not like totally trashing that pick. I'm not trying to totally trash that pick. It just feels a little high. And maybe I'm not used to that because there is a huge question mark around Columbus right now. Um, Barzell, great eighth round pick. Love it in a points league. Brian Rust, again, great pick. Giordano, question marks there. Pulak, the Islanders don't have a great like, you know, the, there's there's not a defense core there for points league defensemen. I just don't think it. You backed it up with two really great goalies. This is a good team. It's going to be a contender. Joe, um, a lot of lot of auto drafts here. Um, we had problems with uh, maybe not problems, but, he, you know, he had he had stuff going on outside of outside of the draft that, that he had to deal with. So there's a lot of fan tracks going on here. Tyson Berry went four one and I took. Seth Jones at 410. So I did not miss out on Tyson Berry. So everything went the way it was supposed to. It looks like he started um, auto getting auto-drafted at round five. So I, I don't know if there's a ton of like analysis we can do here. Let's move on to Seraph's team, who picked number two. He took McKinnon over Dreisaitl. What, what do you say there? I say that my kid Ty just made some chocolate chip cookies and brought me one. <laughs> um I like Drysaddle number two. McKinnon's is is really like you can't yeah, fault anybody for taking McKinnon. No, I don't think you can really fault those two. Uh, you know, you could argue even Matthews in there, but that area is really close. Um, I like yeah. I the one only thing I think I like more is the just Drysaddle dual eligibility thing, just super rare for a top top round player, but. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to say McKinnon's a bad pick anywhere? I mean, he I wouldn't even argue if you took him first overall, to be honest. So this was a very anti-zero-G draft here. We have four goalies. Spencer Knight, Jack Campbell, Marc-Andre Fleury in the fifth, Darcy Kemper in the second. He did get uh, Kachuk and Tavares uh, on the close to, close to the turn. Not exactly the turn, but, um, you know, at the 3-4. But yeah, he got he got Kachuk in the three four. Ryan Hart in round six, which seems high. Didn't draft a defenseman until round seven. Wound up with Petrangelo, Klingberg, Provorov, and Taze. So, what do you think about fading D? Well, I have no problem fading D. Usually, 
I mean, that's not a bad decor. You're definitely not going to win with that group, but it's not. If you if you want to look at who we got ahead, I don't know. Fading D and using those picks to get goalies. I don't know. I, I that's I have a I do have a few questions after um after McKinnon, to be honest. I think Flurry is a decent pick, but I don't know. He's on Chicago, so Chicago improved a a, a ton in the offseason. Chicago is a whole new team, but still, that's uh, that's high for me. Yeah, you have to factor getting Jonathan Taze back into the Chicago fold. Like, yeah, most of what they did was add Seth Jones and Marc-Andre Fleury, but those are two huge positions. You added a number one defenseman and a number one goalie. So, yeah, maybe it's only two positions, but this is a wildly different looking Chicago team. So I'm right there with you on that. Like the cat, you're getting your captain back. There's a lot. Yeah. And they, they very, very obviously said, okay, Taze is coming back. Here's the last kick at the can for for Kane and Taves crew before you know they age themselves out. So it's not my strategy. I love uh, I do like Reinhardt seventy one overall. That's that's uh, risky for me. Might be it's a little a bit, high. I mean, bit liberal. Rupee hints went ahead of him. I'd pref- actually prefer Reinhardt, so I don't mind Same, that. Same, yeah. Too much. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like Marcheseau. Always a good. Good pick. Great value. Again, like, Great value in round nine. Batherson in round twelve was another pretty good one. I think he's probably a safe bet for fifty-five and uh and some bangs. So what would have made a huge difference to me <laughs> is if Kemper was a different pick. Yeah. Right. Yeah, your goalies would still be Flurry, Spencer Knight, and Campbell. Yeah. You'd be totally fine for goalies and have a second round, eleventh, what, twenty-third overall pick. So I, I would have done that. I mean, I would have grabbed a Braden Point or something right there mm. or someone in that range, but Kyle Connor even, I don't know. TCAT, TCAT, strong drafter, uh, took 2D inside the top five rounds, wound up with Hedman and Fox, really strong top D. Didn't draft another D until round 14 with Dumba and Morrissey. So it's a pretty good decor. Uh, faded centers, it looks like, wound up with Trocek as his first in round five. Got Marshand and Mark Stone as his first two picks. That's not so bad. And Rupi Hintz, like you said, went ahead of Sam Reinhardt. So there's there's a bit of fluctuation there. Uh, Suzuki as your second center, right behind Trocek, Nietzsche, Hughes, Dylan Larkin, Jordan Binnington as what looks to be the first goalie for him. So we have a zero G team here with Binnington and Talbot in rounds eleven and thirteen. So great. Great execution of zero G here, I think. High D picks, which are are not something I'm into, but to each their own. Bennington, sure, yeah, sure has faded, eh? Yeah, but there's still volume to be had there, so I love it. Uh, Team Tim had first overall pick. This is what a first overall team is going to look like. Connor McDavid took Robin Leonard at the end of round two, so kind of a round three. Like We all have him inside our top five goalies. Back that up with Braden Point, Quinn Hughes, and Nikolai Ehlers. So we are leaving round five with actually round six, seven with four centers and four centers only. So I wonder what the strategy was here because we have Couturier, Backstrom, McDavid, and Braden Point outside of, you know, inside of your first half of your draft. So we are loading up on centers here, high end centers. 
the rest of the team didn't wind up so bad. I mean, the last pick, I wonder what happened here because he took Sean Monahan as his last pick. So we have five center only. There is no dual eligibility from what I can see. Maybe it doesn't show it in this screen, but, you know, Jason Robertson, yeah, Patrick Line, I think, is dual eligible. So there's that. Yeah, it doesn't show it on this particular screen, but none of those guys are dual. Um, I think that will come back to bite. Like, I would be hitting the waiver wire pretty quick to replace Monaghan. I think that, I mean, the other centers are good, but you kind of have too many. I, to me, the, the one I would have wished was a winger is definitely Backstrom. Yeah, me too. I think Backstrom was early. But overall, I actually like I like this team. I do. Early and unnecessary because I think, you know, with the amount of centers you already had at round six, your round five, Nikolai Ehlers, that was a snipe for me. It, it, you know, if if you didn't take him, I was going to at 5-3. You took him at 5-1, I'd planned on taking him at 5-3. So this was a snipe there. I like Ehlers there. And then, you know, Couturier, you have five centers on this team. So I think there's a little bit of redundancy there. Like you're saying, Backstrom could have been another pick. Let's look at what, what you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins was in that. I guess he is the center too, but he has winger eligibility. I just feel, uh, you know, Backstrom might have been, like you said, better suited as, a, as somebody else. Yeah, he went like three, four, or five rounds later. Here we go. Team Yenley, Patrick Kane as a first-round pick. Mitchell Marner, strong on the wings, strong at right wing. He went right wing, right wing, left wing, left wing. Strong on the wings here. Patrick Kane, Mitch Marner, Kyle Connor, Kip- Real Kaprizov didn't draft a center until round seven, wound up with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So this is a strong team. I like McAvoy. I like the swing there. Jeff Petrie. Montreal is going to be a team that doesn't have Shea Weber. So I think Petrie's role increases a little bit. Decor looking a little weak. For a points league, definitely. McAvoy, Petrie, Ellis, Dunn, and Lindell. Like the the drop off there is pretty, pretty steep. Would have been okay if it was a categories league, like a guy like Lindell gets a little bit more value there, Ellis even. A lot of wings. Man, you know what? The I would love to watch that top four play hockey. That is a very exciting top four with Patrick Kane, <laughs> Kaposov, yeah, right. Kyle Connor, Marner. That is a great uh, team to watch on the ice. Yeah, I mean, if we're lining it up, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Claude Giroux at center. So pretty solid top six there, right? McAvoy above Petrie. They were really close picks, right? Oh, yeah, they were. They were only three three picks apart. But I think in this league, I'd probably rather have Petrie. Not bad. Well, that's curtains, bud. Yeah, I had fun on this one. I think, I think it worked. Enjoy your cookies. We have our Cats League draft going tomorrow. I think this went pretty smoothly. Like we, This was our first run, dry run. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We had, you know, a good, good spread of people in the YouTube watching this one too. So had a lot of fun with it. We're going to have, you know, categories league tomorrow, five hole standard. We usually get rid of plus minus add hits and blocks. I don't know if fan tra- I think Fantrax has hit standard, but uh, not blocks and Yahoo has blocks and not hits. So we don't like plus minus and we like hits and blocks. So both of those will be there. Our goalie categories are win, save, save percentage. Stay tuned. We're going to have another episode coming right at you. And if you want to get in touch with us, we are FHF Hockey on Twitter. You guys can join the Fantasy Hockey Discord. Get in on some of these mocks. We're going to be doing them every week up until uh, season start. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let us know what you think. We'll catch you later. We love you guys. Love you.